Hey Hardies, you're listening to the Hardies Hotline, your connection to Hope Valley, hosted by me, Casey, and my friends Caroline and Cammie. A special thanks goes to our friend Brian Bird for letting us use the music on our show. Without further ado, grab a scone from Abigail's and enjoy! Welcome back, Hardies! Uh, Cammie and I are here to discuss Season 1, Episode 5 of When Calls the Heart, entitled The Dance. Ooh. Oh, and it's a dance. It's a dance. <laughs> Let me read you guys the description from Wikipedia. When a group of new male miners comes to Coal Valley, many of the- Because there were so many female miners back then. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, considering episode two, we did have a lot of female miners, so you never know. True, but also remember how weird that was. <laughs> yeah, that was a little- uh different if you will <clears throat> but anyways many of the town's women get caught up in the idea of the single men Ooh la la one of the new miners begins courting elizabeth and jack seems to have concerns that resemble jealousy abigail takes in carla noonan a pregnant widow to keep an eye on her health while cole valley's doctor is away which now, this is actually incorrect because they don't have a doctor really, and the midwife left. So, well, the, the company doctor I thought was out and away. Oh, well, Isn't, maybe that's a detail that I, I overlooked. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think that we find out, I think we find out about that. No, no, I'm pretty sure they said it in here. I've, I'm pretty sure that the company doctor is away. Um, but the midwife left right after the mining accident. So, yeah. 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 Well, Kimmy has the better memory. I was too focused (laughs) on the two triangles we had. We have two triangles, that's for sure. (laughs) Yes, and you all might be wondering, like, we know of the one triangle, aka deer, skunk, and bear. However, what's the third, what's the other triangle? And we'll get to that in a minute because it is quite a unique kind of triangle. Not one that you may expect. No, not, not one at all. By the way, we better give a shout out to our friends at Edify Films for this beautiful merchandise that we're wearing. Yes, we have, you can get shirts, you can get hats, you can get your Christmas presents, go shopping early before the crowds go wild (laughs) online gentlemen gentlemen you want to make your wife a happy wife for christmas go to edify films (laughs) and we do have another exciting uh, partnership we um our friends jacks you may know her from the bubbly sesh she and her sister cassie they have created a when calls the heart bundle game just for the hearties and that is so exciting super fun I was messaging back and forth with um with them and said hey you know Cammie Caroline and I we're all remote um is this something that you have to be in person for because you mean like not gonna lie playing Monopoly virtually that's a little hard oh they came back and they were like yeah you could totally do that they do it all the time with their friends so i mean you can get virtual hearty parties together and play the bundle game and super super fun and because they just love you guys they are giving a 10 percent off discount if you use the discount 
Hardy's Hotline, and that will give you 10% off of the When Calls the Heart bundle game from their website. I like it. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe we'll do a bonus episode where we play it and you guys can all see us play. <laughs> oh, that would be so much fun. That would be so fun. Anyway, thank you, Jackson, Cassie. Uh, we love you guys. And thank you so much for the coupon code. We're excited to get our bundling on. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So let's dive into our episode. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. The first thing I thought of was the song, All the Single Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> that I, uh... I couldn't help but think of the song, Hey There, Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> I mean, Billy, we call him a skunk, but he's a wolf. <laughs> yes, he is. He's hey there, Little Red Riding Hood. You <laughs> sure are looking good. <laughs> the other thing I thought of is um, Ava Grace Cooper when she she's she is a doll she put this little I think it was an Instagram video or post or something where it was before season six they started filming with um Kevin and Chris and she said "Ooh, Aaron I saw the new boys Ooh, la, la. <laughs> it's just like eyebrow up and down thing and it's super cute but those were the two things that popped in my head with oh my word she's a doll yeah yeah so cammy first impressions there are a lot of first impressions here Let's do first impressions of the minors because they they make quite a statement they do well and each minor has his own personality Mm -hmm. it's they did a really good job of not grouping them of giving each one a distinct personality so um for one thing there are two polite minors in the group mm -hmm. and that's about it you know <laughs> what one of them the the redhead the the redhead with the curly hair and the mustache and beard he wasn't rude but he wasn't polite either you yeah know, he, he was kind of neutral but you got billy and dewitt who are the polite ones and uh and you got Sam, who's the super rude one. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> problem is that Billy's politeness is only skin deep, yeah, but <laughs> we don't know that yet. <laughs> we don't know that yet. We'll get into that next episode. Yes, but I mean, if you look, if if you watch his eyes, he Andrew Walker is another really good eye actor, <gasps> and yeah. Yeah, he really is. But when they first come into town, he's already looking. He's he's already looking around town. Mm -hmm. And when uh, and when Jack comes down the stairs and meets the miners for the first time, Billy's eyes kind of dart over to him, and he gets this look of oh, there's my competition. And then he's back to all politeness, you know, like oh you are a skunk <laughs> very very shifty very shifty so hardy's here's a little bit of trivia that you may or may not know andrew walker was the first runner-up to play jack thornton 
it was down to him and Daniel. So, boosh. <laughs> when I heard that, my mind was blown. I heard that when I interviewed Andrew another time. And I had never heard that before. And Andrew told me himself and I went, no, <laughs> my mind was just totally blown to, and, you know, to think that it could have been Andrew in that red surge, but it was so sweet because Brian Bird liked his audition so much that he wanted to have him involved somehow. Mm -hmm. And so he got him back for these two episodes, but yeah, yeah it just, whoa. <laughs> I know that's so crazy. So crazy. I mean, part of me kind of wants Billy to come back or his brother or something because I just yeah, let's make it his twin Andrew brother. Walker. Yeah, Andrew Walker is amazing. But we'll get into that yeah. at the end of the episode. Yes, we shall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cami, let's so there's there's really a couple of storylines going on here. There's a lot of storylines going on. <laughs> The um, one minor one that becomes a major one in the next episode is Carla. Carla Noonan. Oh, Carla. She is the widow that is expecting a baby. And she is hugely pregnant. She thinks she's seven months, but she looks like she's about to deliver. Pop. <laughs> moments there. Oh. I mean, first of all, can you imagine being in her shoes as a widow with a small child who's just lost her husband and she's about to give birth she is the very picture of tragedy mm -hmm. she she really is the very picture of tragedy it is such a tragic image mm -hmm. you've got a widow hugely pregnant with a small son. And the other really interesting thing about this situation is we got to talk to Jill Morrison, who plays Carla. Mm -hmm. And in that interview, Jill said that there was a backstory that Carla had been mildly abused by her husband. I didn't, I never noticed it. I never, I wonder if it was in a scene that they cut mm -hmm. and that's why she remembered it so clearly. I, there was never anything in it, but apparently that's the way she was playing it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that makes it a bit of a happier situation because she doesn't have to deal with that anymore, but it also makes it just even a sadder situation because she doesn't know how to be independent mm -hmm. because a lot of times you have a great sense of dependence right and it's and so now she is all alone in the world with a small boy and a baby coming mm -hmm. and it's just it, it's got to be one of the scariest things ever it, it really <laughs> and truly does Ugh. Her story kind of reminds me of the 9-11 widows and um, the oh my pregnant during. Oh, my time. gosh. It, it is so it is so interesting that you would say that um, when I was in college, I was in a play about 9-11. And when 9-11 happened, I never actually saw any footage because I didn't have a television. Mm -hmm. And there was no such thing as, hey, Google, what's going on? Right. You know, that was back in 01. Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, 
And so I never saw any footage until I was in the show and I had to research it to uh, to play a mom watching it on television when her son calls. Right. And just then I became obsessed. Mm -hmm. And every year I make a very big effort to watch interviews, mm -hmm. to look at videos to remember it and it's just i i have been very hit by a lot of that widows mm -hmm. uh pregnant widows during the whole 9-11 thing yeah it it's heartbreaking it, it's truly it's truly heartbreaking and this wasn't you know this is fictional and it's not on that scale but in that world it is just as much of a tragedy very much very much yeah. um and if you're interested hardies in looking into those stories a people magazine did a beautiful story about the widows um and their children and the children that grew up without their fathers and it's 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 really good i mean you'll want some tissues for sure um but, I need them right now <laughs> but um yeah it's it's a great story storyline um and very fascinating and it, it's it's just beautifully done yeah. uh, but those are just kind of my thoughts when it came to um carla and then the other thought i had with carla i really thought she was gonna die or the baby oh I, yeah I did because the way she was just not well during the entire she was episode i was like oh my word this is 1910 and she's pregnant and she's not well and she's fallen over and abigail has found her and now i don't know what i'm gonna do because <laughs> it's like ah i, I oh. really thought she was gonna die uh yeah <laughs> Whew. Her story, but that's where her story ends in this episode. We'll have to come back to Carla next episode because her, her storyline wraps up. And she's the reason for a lot of happenings. Mm -hmm. You know, the birth of her, the, the her in childbirth is the reason for a lot of big steps. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's oh it gives me chills <laughs> all right let's go on to something a little more happier please <laughs> let's talk about triangle number one this mysterious triangle that we alluded to which is mary dunbar dewitt graves and and caleb dunbar uh, now I know it's a little odd to have like a son as part of a love triangle. However, however, this is such a unique situation in which and and when a when a son is so anxious to grip mm -hmm. onto those memories mm -hmm. and when when he is trying so hard to get through those feelings and you know then of course what happens at the end he shows up to the dance in his father's coat it's very he very much takes the place of his father in in that love triangle it's a very odd love triangle but it's a triangle <laughs> i don't have any sons but i hear the the son's love for his mother is like none other <laughs> that is um i've got one that i can say nope 
complete daddy's boy, but the other one, he sobs if I don't go in there and tuck him in at night. And even if daddy does it, I have to do it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I can, I, I can vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> at least with one of my boys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, DeWitt is a stand-up. He appears to be a stand-up minor. Um, he is so sweet. He is so sweet. I'm not going to lie. The first time I watched this, I was a little suspicious. Maybe I was a little protective of Mary Dunbar because she just exudes sweet innocence. Um, but let's talk about their meet cute moment in the mercantile. Oh, my God. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's so sweet. I mean, this guy, he's the one genuinely polite miner mm -hmm. when they come into the saloon. You know, you got Billy putting on a show and being all flouncy, yes. but DeWitt just comes in and just very genuinely asks, so sorry, ma'am, we thought this was the saloon and, oh, so sorry for the intrusion. We'll be on our way you know I mean very sweet very humble very chivalrous and just no ceremony about him and so I was so so glad that someone who is so quietly strong mm -hmm. got paired up with Mary who you just desperately want to see with somebody because she's, she's so darling. <laughs> and, oh, my heart went out to her when she was standing in the mercantile and she, Yost was like, I'm sorry, you're tabful. And then so uh, humiliating and in front of Florence oh. And, and just, oh, and Ned was trying to be quiet. Yeah. He, was he was trying to be quiet about it. And like, I, I, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Dunbar, but I mean, it's a small store. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is a small store, but the way it goes in there and he's like, oh, put it on my tab. I'm like, oh my word, this is precious. This is a precious meet cute moment in 1910. <laughs> well, and not only did he spring for the groceries, but he also made it good. Yeah. You know, he made the story good. And you invited me to supper. It's only fair that I would spring for the supplies. I'm like, oh, you're good. Oh, I like you. <laughs> right. And then later on, when they run into each other in town, and he, here's a, here's a pickup line from 1910 Don't make a liar out of me. Don't make a liar out of me. <laughs> boyfriends fiancés husbands say that she'll be gone you know she'll, she'll just be she'll faint dead away you know <laughs> roast <laughs> i do like a good roast i'm not gonna lie uh, uh, yep not gonna not gonna lie a good roast is delicious the other thing that i really love about that moment and it's not paraded it's not announced or anything like that but when you look at it carefully DeWitt is filthy. Mm -hmm. he, he's just come from a shift at the mine. But the way he acts with her, you would have thought that he was dressed in his best suit. Oh, 100%. It was, there is that, you know, he, like I said, the quiet strength, mm -hmm. but not only strength, 
confidence. He has enough self-confidence. He does not parade it. He is not arrogant by any means, but he has enough quiet self-confidence that he doesn't mind Mm -hmm. going up to Mary completely filthy, fresh from a shift and uh, and saying, let's have dinner together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Honestly, he reminds me of the type of guy who, like, he probably walked in that mercantile, saw Mary, fell in love, and was like, that's the woman I'm going to marry. Yeah. <laughs> in a not cocky way, you know? He was not cocky at all. He was just very confident in the way he just went after her, was very like, okay. And even when she said, I don't know about this because I got a son. He's like, that's fine. You know, it, it, it didn't base him really. It really- No, it didn't. He was like, okay, I get it. I totally get it. That's, that's cool. Well, and he was about to back off. He said, oh, I'm sorry, I've intruded. And he backed off immediately. And then Mary came after him. But but uh, I'm sure he'd love a hearty meal for a change. Like, oh, you sly girl. Oh, you're good. <laughs> now, Mary and DeWitt, off to a really, really great start. However, we do have one point of the triangle that we need to address, and that is poor Caitlin. We uh, alluded to it a little bit ago, um, but Caleb is not ready for a new dad. No. He's not. He's not emotionally ready. He's not mentally prepared for it. And this is all too fresh for him. He's what, 10? Something like that. Even, even though DeWitt is the most unassuming man mm-hmm. ever, and he would be, he would be the one that would not even try to take his father's place. He would just be there to support them and take care of them. But even with, because I know that there were a lot of situations back then where mother got remarried and the man became the man of the house, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and demanded respect and all of that. And there are lots of stories like that. And this, even though that DeWitt is the exact opposite of that, Caleb is still not ready. However, I do wonder if James had kept his big mouth shut. I wonder if Caleb would have been okay. Yes. At least with that first dinner, Mm -hmm. you know, but James had to go and start blabbing and start poking fun and stirring up trouble. And then that sets that sets everything off. It sets everything off and it sets Caleb against him immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. I remember watching that the first time I was like, oh, this kid, I want to like do something. something. <laughs> <laughs> Cover Caleb's ears. Caleb, stay innocent. Don't listen to James. Oh. What talking about. I just want to. James is such a bully. He really is. <laughs> But yeah, I, Caleb is the type of kid you just want, you just feel for, you just want to protect because he's, he's so sweet and he's so protect, he's overly protective of, you know, of his mother and he's got this really great friendship with Albert and you're, yeah. just, you're just like, oh, Caleb, come on. Um, but he is so bothered by this that he goes to Elizabeth and he, he kind of opens up to her 
tries to talk to her about it until all the other kids start coming in then he like immediately zips his lips because he does obviously he's not going to want to be teased and you know I'm, I'm sure it's weird seeing now he's seeing it with open eyes you know had James not said anything he would have seen it kind of through rose-colored glasses maybe a little more blindly yeah really maybe understanding because I mean let's be honest 10 year old boys and I got nephews sometimes they're a little oblivious to love <laughs> <laughs> a little <laughs> um but because James says something now he's seeing everything everything is full blast full on for him and right seeing just even the littlest and his mother maybe possibly falling in love even though they literally had what half of me like half an interaction together like they haven't had a lot of time to even be called a courtship yet no (laughs) um so my question to you oh when Elizabeth and Mary have their discussion, Mary is borrowing a dress um, or she's wanting to borrow a dress from Elizabeth for the dance because DeWitt has asked her to the special minor dance. Mm. Did Elizabeth overstep her boundaries? Well, I, I don't think that she overstepped at least not completely. Mm-hmm. It's a teacher's job to, it's a teacher's job to tell parents mm-hmm. what is going on with a child at school. Mm-hmm. And it's a teacher's job to take care of the students emotionally as well as in a literary sense. Yes. Uh, when they're when they're at school and that takes cooperation with the parents yes and so I don't think I don't think that she was wrong to mention it I do think Mary jumped a little bit and got a little defensive mm-hmm. probably because everyone but- talking about her oh absolutely she had every reason to get defensive and so she probably just assumed oh you like everybody else right um but she was right when she said that elizabeth has absolutely no idea what she's going through Mm -hmm. on any level elizabeth has never been married Mm -hmm. she has no children she uh, has been rich her entire life yep. and she's also very beautiful and she has the accessories and the knowledge to make herself even more beautiful. Right. Mary is a very simple person and she is beautiful looking, but she keeps her hair back right you know she has very simple clothing she doesn't she probably doesn't own an ounce of makeup right you know because it's coal valley right right you're on the prairie yeah and so it doesn't so she is this very shy very mousy person who has just lost a husband and she said it herself she never thought that any man would pay attention to her again. So (laughs) I I feel, I I feel like I should uh, quote Ninja Turtles too. He's right. He's right. They're both right. You know, (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, you know, <laughs> that was the question I thought of as I was watching this, because I remember it the first time it didn't really strike me. And now I'm like, you know, we're recapping this. I'm like, you know, this would be a good discussion point. So I yeah. watched it really carefully from now a mother of two children's point of view, because before when I watched this, I had a three month old ish. Yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> Not yet in the throes of motherhood. So I, I was, you know, still new. So this time around, I watched it from a mom point of view. And everything Elizabeth said would not have offended me if she were talking to me until if I were married, if I were Mary Dunbar. Mm-hmm. So Elizabeth says, I'm just cautioning you. And that's when I was like, ooh, toe over the line right there. Because it's one of those things where it's like you don't I just poured my heart out to you I just told you about my concerns because that was when Mary's talking to Elizabeth it's more of like oh I I know this is an issue with Caleb this is how I'm feeling right now I know people are you know looking at me talking about me but where am I ever going to get this next chance she's she's kind of expressing her herself her concerns and almost a little bit of self-doubt in there because she also says like you said she did she who knows she never thought somebody else would take a look at her you know after her husband had passed um but when Elizabeth says I'm just cautioning you I'm like but you don't know what you're talking about Elizabeth because again like Cammie you said yeah (laughs) not a widow not a parent um you know I feel like if Elizabeth would have just said I just wanted to let you know what Caleb told me that would have been better words because because it's it's not about Mary right because she she did need to be cautioned yes Mary did need to know that she needs to move forward with caution but if it had if it had been from Abigail or Molly Mm -hmm. or Florence well Well, nobody wants to take advice from Florence at this point (laughs) but you know if it had been from one of them somebody in the exact same situation right that would have been very different right because and I don't I know where you're coming from yes situation we're both mothers we're both widows and well and Abigail was very supportive of the idea of Mary getting attention and she said Mary's had it harder than most of us and you know so I the the word caution was probably not a good idea she was right Mm -hmm. that she was right that that she does need to move forward with caution but bad choice of words yeah and i mean elizabeth was very pure intended it was nothing malicious but again mary is also gaining the trust of elizabeth too Elizabeth had no malice. I mean, she was not. No, she wasn't being holier than thou. No, no. So it just, it definitely came from a good part of her heart. It's just that with Mary not really knowing Elizabeth all that well yet, because I mean, she's, Elizabeth's only been in town again, maybe a couple months at this point. Two weeks. Two weeks. Timeline's a little sketchy, but um, Mary's still gaining the trust of Elizabeth. So yeah. the other thing you have to think of too is like this complete almost strangers telling me to be cautious. Mm-hmm. From Mary's point of view, it's also like, we don't know each other that well, you know? Well, and after she put herself out there to ask her to borrow a dress. Yeah. And it, I mean, that that was bad. And that was hard enough. 
that was hard enough for Mary to do. And you can tell that it just, she did not want to do it, but she had nothing for the dance. And she knew that Elizabeth would let her borrow it. So. Right. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> we were off to a great start with Mary and do it, but it's becoming sad again. <laughs> <laughs> But then we get to the ball, or not the ball, we get to the dance, and Caleb has decided he is not going to go. He's mad at his mom. His mom has just given him an earful about how she's going to do whatever it takes to provide for them, and that includes marrying somebody. And can I just put in my heavens, Mary, you look lovely. Oh. Oh. So It just... And it's exactly what she needed to hear. Yes, she did. Yeah. She really did. But let me tell you, when Caleb walks in with his father's coat jacket on, and he goes and he he's he's basically he kind of embodies his father, kind of like what you said. And yeah, it is a heartbreakingly precious moment because he doesn't want to let go of his dad. He's worried that this man who he doesn't even know who's been in coal valley for two seconds is now <laughs> he's he's going to take the place of his father mary already doesn't talk about um his dad like her husband that i think is the biggest problem mm-hmm. between james just spouting off his mouth and setting things on fire yes. and then mary doesn't talk about her husband right i mean if if she would let if she would let caleb talk about him mm-hmm. and get all those feelings out and they talk together and they mourn together and they share the fun memories if i don't i don't know both of them are a catastrophe put together if he had to deal with either one alone i think we would have been okay Mm-hmm. But the fact that both of them are hitting him together at the same time, it's, it, it's too much. Disaster. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Do you have any last thoughts about the dance with Caleb and his mother? Mm. And I will say, I appreciate the fact that DeWitt, again, graciously stepped back and was like, all right, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> he's he's been nothing but gracious and very patient. Um I won't I won't be too upset at Caleb for doing this for walking in in his father's coat and interrupting the dance. If he had been a teenager, I would have said he was out of line. Yeah. And I, and I would have said, you sabotage this on purpose, shame on you. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he is so young mm-hmm. and he's dealing with all these things and his mom won't let him talk about his dad. For those reasons, I'm kind of willing to allow it. Yeah. And, uh, the the biggest problem is we don't at this point we don't know how the evening ended right 
you know, interrupting for that one dance, it's sweet. It, it gives them a moment and she had wanted him to come. So it, so it reunites them in that one evening and it gives them a moment to share, but we don't know how the evening ended. Right. So, you know, that would be up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, again, this triangle, we don't get a resolution from this triangle in this episode. You'll have to come back for episode six. We don't get resolutions in any triangles. Right, <laughs> we don't. Not, not in this story arc. Not in this storyline. Not, not in this episode. Well, let's, let's go there. Let's let's go there. Let's talk about the skunk. Let's talk about the skunk. We all love to hate Billy <laughs> Hamilton. I wish I which is so hard because we love Andrew so much. Andrew Walker is so great. I'll be honest, I didn't recognize him as Andrew Walker. <gasps> I mean, I was a new baby fan, but again, there was a picture from the TCAs that um, Andrew shares with Aaron and Dan, and I'm like, why are they together? <laughs> well, because, you know, usually they pair up people by groups, like all the Wink Calls the Heart people, all the good right. people. Well, these people are doing a Christmas movie together. These people are doing a mystery together. But it's right. like a picture of Aaron, Dan, and Andrew. And I'm like, huh? And then I realized, oh, he's Billy Hamilton. It didn't take me that long. <laughs> but I recognized the voice. Yeah. And I said, who is that? I know who that is. Who is that? But it is amazing what a little bit of different hairstyles and a mustache will do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh. oh, but before we get to Billy, let's talk. Let's let's have a little sesh about um, Mounties and marriage. <laughs> now here we get the line marriage. <laughs> Oh, Jack Thornton. If I had Jack, 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 if you're listening out there, because you know, you live in our hearts. If, <laughs> if you had a middle name, if I knew your full name, I would call you by your full name. I don't know what it is. I'm going to wake it up. <laughs> Jack insufferable Thornton. There you go. I'm like, Dude, you are in love with this girl. Stop turning her off, man. <laughs> okay, speaking of turning her off. Okay, I have got to ask you. Sure. When he said that he was going to the dance in an official capacity, who decides when he's on duty? You, I mean, how... <laughs> Who decides when he's on duty? I think that he, I think that he decided that he was going to be on duty that night so what? that he wouldn't have to ask her. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Jack. Jack puts his famous foot, open mouth, insert foot, in mouth, multiple times. In and can we get you some salt with that? Oh. I mean, not only does he tell Elizabeth that he is not going to get married because women do not mesh with the Mountie life, he also says to her, flattery can get you anywhere, and then compares her to a goat. You throw the hay down where the goats get it. 
And you can tell that he's getting flustered, but he's trying so hard to hide it. And like, I, 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 I'm sorry for the imagery. I'm not a student of poetry, which is, of course, another dig at Billy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sir, we need to calm it down a little bit and maybe perhaps get some etiquette lessons on how you speak to a woman that you're trying to impress. <laughs> Okay, so here's another here's another thing that it took me a while to figure out, not figure out, but kind of put two and two together. So yes, he's jealous. We know that, bar none. He is so jealous. Uh, he's jealous. He's uh, very suspicious of Billy. But on the other hand, you know, we're we're looking at it from merely the perspective of he happens to be a law enforcement officer and he's jealous. Yeah. But when you look at it from a different perspective, he was tasked with protecting her. That's true. I think we forget that even this quickly. I, I think even this quickly in the in the series, we forget that it is his job to protect her. He was tasked with keeping her safe. And so, yes, he's jealous. Yes, he's suspicious of Billy and he wants Billy booted out of town. But he is also doing his job, mm -hmm. looking out for her. She doesn't want him to, but he is. Right. I mean, when William Thatcher has specifically requested protection for his daughter, and he's mm. a big name in Canada at this time, I mm. mean, you do it. Otherwise, you're going to lose your job. Pretty much. <laughs> if something happens to one of his daughters, you know? Yeah. Oh, but Jack, 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 we will come back to you again in episode six. <laughs> Wrap up with Billy because Billy is very suspicious. He is and he lays it on thick. He does. He does. Oh, he lays it on so thick. It, it gets thicker in episode six, but he lays it on so thick. And I will say... Now, again, y'all know I studied English in college. My biggest quarrel with Billy middle name Hamilton, there's a lot of middle names thrown out here because I'm very mad at these men, but it's the fact that he plagiarizes. He plagiarizes Robert Burns. How does a school teacher, how does a school teacher not recognize Robert Burns? Not you know, because it's not like you had to go and look it up on Google. If it was that present, she, I mean, okay, maybe she can't place the poet's name, mm -hmm. but shouldn't she have recognized the poem as being a whole lot older than Billy? Right, yes. At least he, I mean, she should have known that he could not write something like that when he was six. You know? <laughs> right, right. I mean, and here's a fun fact. That poem was written in 1794. There you go. So that's another thing. That is a very, very, very old poem. So come on, Elizabeth, get your head out of the clouds because she is letting herself be flattered. It's like, just, be flattered. Can we please come back down to earth and realize some facts here? <laughs> I mean, I will say when I'm listening to Billy speak it out loud, oh, my love's like a red, red rose. It's very, it sounds modern, right? It, like, yeah. And he, and he does it in a very appealing manner. <laughs> he does it. It's very, very charming. Very charming. But 
I, I'm not gonna lie. When I heard when Elizabeth did pick that up, I was like, oh girl, no, no, <laughs> don't, don't do it, girl. No. <laughs> but Billy takes Elizabeth, he escorts her to the dance, and they have a grand old time, and we see various shots of Jack in the back, just shifty-eyed. <laughs> he's He's and you know really? watching and eyes following and, <laughs> yes. and to quote Toy Story, he's got his angry eyes. <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. Oh. oh man. But I guess we're gonna have to kind of end there because again, this is a two-parter. This story, there are no friends yeah. in this story. We don't know what happens to Carlo. We don't know what happens to Billy and we don't know what happens to DeWitt and Mary. It's all kind of left in the air. But one thing we do have to say is that Jack put in that request and he got the telegram back from Ned and the very last line is, no record of him the man's a liar yes yeah i mean once again what a way to end what a way to end and <laughs> i had to refrain myself from going next episode because i need to make sure that these episodes are fresh in my mind <laughs> yes indeed <laughs> don't watch it yet <laughs> no Alrighty, Cammy, are you ready for some trivia? Oh man, I did kind of badly the last time you asked me trivia. Let's see if I do better this time. Okay, I have a few questions here. Okay, okay. What did Elizabeth say were her favorite flowers? Violets. That is correct. <laughs> yes, because I wondered why they never went anywhere with that. Oh. Yeah, re-watching this time around, I went, they never say anything about violets. Jack never brings her violets. Did it? Nah. <laughs> Maybe it'll come up again in future episodes. Hmm. Dear Mr. Bird, thank you for your previous interviews with us. Would you please consider having the current suitors bring Elizabeth violets <laughs> as they are her favorite flowers? <laughs> you like how I did that? <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. All right. What adjectives did Elizabeth use when asked about the minors? Dirty. Yes. Wet. Yes. Yes. She says they are wet and dirty. Yes. <laughs> what does Albert find on his walk to school? A horseshoe. That is correct. Yeah. And you know, he said he says it like it's, hey, look at this. It's a horseshoe. You know, I mean, it's not like you're suffering from lack of horses <laughs> oh but albert finds joy in anything no that that is, that is totally true yes that, that is totally true all right what does jack equate living in the saloon to a circus that's correct <laughs> i laughed really hard at that one <laughs> and what okay elizabeth's purse on the on her walk with billy describe it color and pattern for what's on it no you got me i'm yeah okay i i know it's i i know i'm pretty sure it's a cinch up it's a reticule is that correct 
where where you pull it where you pull it and it kind of squeezes in i don't i know she was holding it in a certain way so i wasn't paying attention to that i just looked Ah. it was a navy like clutch or purse or cinch up style hand clutch bag thing with flowers oh when they were on the walk i thought you meant on the dance at the dance yeah okay yep my bad okay (laughs) last question okay okay (laughs) let's see if i can get four out of five that would be you so far you've gotten five out of five Oh, wait, no, I didn't, no, I didn't get the purse. I didn't get the purse. Yes, you have four out of five. So this will be, we'll see five out of six. Five out of six. Okay. Okay. Let's see if I can do that. How many trees are in the garden? Gosh, (laughs) you are such a punk. (laughs) There are, (laughs) there is an orchard Elizabeth shares as the children are doing they're they're decorating the saloon for the dance and all half of the other students are doing math problems half are apple one fourth are peach one sixth are plum and 200 are cherry oh how many trees are in the garden i i i do not remember the problem i (laughs) yep nope nope i'll i'll have to settle for four out of six (laughs) okay according to my calculations which could be wrong because again i was an english major 20. Yeah, I was about to say, you're making me do math. <laughs> hey, what's a good trivia question? <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I feel like Cammy would ask me this. So like- <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> but according to my calculations, which may or may not be correct, because I, again, like I said, I was an English major. I did like basic math in college um, only because I didn't want to do hard math. I- <laughs> number 2400 so there are 1200 apple trees 600 peach trees 400 plum trees and 200 cherry trees which equal 2400 trees in the orchard i will take your word for it (laughs) i have all the math oh man no my brain shuts down with math i will be completely honest so (laughs) Too, too fun well before we end this episode, we just want to announce next week's episode is it is an interview with Andrew Walker. And he's not nearly as skunky as he is on When Calls the Heart. Oh, he is so <laughs> charming. And I will say, you guys, we did record this earlier, uh, late in the summer. Um, I think it was right before he filmed Sweet Autumn that just it was and so if there are some things where you're like uh that's not current that's why <laughs> yeah. we were going to be dropping this later in the fall so that all worked out as well and we're so grateful that Andrew was able to come on and talk to us about Billy it's super we will see you next week with Mr. Billy Hamilton himself Andrew Walker bye